0: A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight, I, I, I wanna know who you are. I wanna know a little bit more about you first. Now you first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza Are the predators I've caught? I'm Chris Hansen. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The internet, social media, dating and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner. And we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer, online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection, and hopefully, how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide. Okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It always blows my mind that some of the predators I've caught are brazen enough, are bold enough, Have the need to fulfill their fantasy enough that they will go online, groom, and try to create a relationship with a child, a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old, and then continue this grooming process with a sexually explicit conversation, and then set up a meeting, and then actually show up. So they're bold enough to do all that, but when they get caught, some of these predators collapse in tears, in hysteria, in apologies, begging for forgiveness, begging to be let go. Where was all that consciousness in the ramp up to the commission of a violent, horrible felony? Why does it take getting caught to shake somebody to their very core, their foundation? Something that will make a grown man cry, reduced to tears. There was a guy in Kentucky, Bowling Green, who ran away from law enforcement authorities. They had to stick a taser in his neck inside the house, crying like a baby. I've seen military men who've gone overseas to fight for our country in wars, reduced to getting on their knees and begging for forgiveness to be let go. More recently, I saw a 61-year-old doctor, a professional man with a thriving practice, fake a heart attack in front of the Genesee County Sheriff's Department, ghost team, to try to get out of the trouble he was in. Chatting with someone he thought was a 15-year-old girl, making a date for sex, and then showing up. Actually patting that decoy on the bottom. He faked a heart attack. If you haven't seen it, it's on True Blue, by streaming crime network. Dr. Jazwall. There will be more on him soon. And then... From that very same category, we have Michael Murray, the subject of this episode. I don't know if you'll remember Michael Murray or not. I didn't really remember him clearly at first myself. I was talking to Joey Teacap about the next episode, and he suggested I take a look at Michael Murray, and I'm glad he did because it's an interesting case. Michael Murray was 43 years old and working at a grocery store in New Jersey when he surfaced in our sting operation on the Jersey Shore, Maniloka, New Jersey. The first time we worked with Casey Morrow as a decoy in her family's beautiful seaside home, vacation home. It was a great spot for a sting operation. We had perverted justice acting as decoys. And we were right on the beach in 2007, early spring. And this was an interesting case for a lot of different reasons. I wish I had more time to talk to Michael Murray. He didn't really wanna hang out too much as it turned out. And we'll get into all that. But at the time, Michael Murray was only the second predator I've caught to enter the sting house and engage in a conversation while I was already talking to another predator. In this case, Jeremy Keister. I'll talk about him as well. We've done an episode on Jeremy Keister. He was a luxury car salesman, 29 years old, who came to visit a teenage girl for sex. He had seen my show, knew who I was shook my hand before he left, but in the middle of it all, as I'm talking to Jeremy, we hear from Frag of Perverted Justice, who's monitoring the hidden cameras outside, that 43-year-old Michael Murray and his red trucker coming up the street. This is all preceded by a lengthy chat that Murray had with a perverted justice decoy, posing as a 13-year-old girl named Michelle, girly girl, was her screen name. What was Murray's screen name? Feud Guy in O.C. 2002, O.C. being Ocean County, the county in New Jersey where this sting operation took place. Cute guy in O.C. 2002 makes the first approach. 4.38 in the afternoon on March 31st, 2007. Hi. Girly girl 1993 says, hi. She asks, age, sex, location? 32 male, Ocean County. Now we know he's 43. Why 32 makes this Okay. Again, a question I ask all the time, and one for which I do not have a good answer except, somehow, in the predator's mind. He thinks he's going to be more attractive to a child. How are you? He says. Thirteen, female, New Jersey. I'm okay. Having a nice day? Not even a mention of the age. Having a nice day. It's okay, I'm bored. Me too, says cute guy in OC2002. Just got my hair cut. Sucks to be us, says the decoy. Yeah. Cool. How's it look? Referring to the haircut. Cool. How was your week in school? Now, this is an immediate acknowledgement that he's chatting with somebody who's underaged and inappropriate for him to be talking to. Nice, he says. Was okay. I cut a few days because my mom went to Vegas says the decoy. Nice. And you're home alone? Here we go. Yeah. My mom and dad split up. That's why we moved here. Sorry, he says. Where you live? She gives the area code. Okay. Got big plans, she says. No, you? Me neither. Like older guys? I like guys who are nice, she says. Are you nice? Do you have a pic? Yes, I am. Yes, I do. Then it doesn't matter how old you are, right? As long as you're nice. No, it doesn't, he says. Taking one step further to close the deal. Like to see a pic of me? Totally. Hope you like it. You're cute, says the decoy. Thank you. You have a pic, he wants to know? Yeah, in my profile. She asks where he lives specifically, Tom's River, he says. You? Do you know where Brick is? Yes, I do. So I'm Michelle. I'm Mike. Hi, Mike. Did you see my pics? Nice to meet you, Michelle. I'm still trying to look at them. And then he says, I'm six minutes from Brick. Hmm. Close by, huh? You have pretty eyes, he says. And he asks for more pics. She asks for more pics of him. Just one for now, he says, planning on taking more soon. Oh, he's going to take some pictures and send them, all right. The kind of pictures that constitute sending pornography to a child. I like sports, reading, and music. Walks on the beach and relaxing on a blanket, hanging out and having fun, he says. So you're perfect then, says the decoy. Just want people to think of me as a very nice person. Yeah. Yeah. You're nice, all right. I'm easy to get along with and like to do things that the other person likes to do. I'm very open-minded. Open-minded? Like talking to a 13-year-old girl, open-minded? Grooming a 13-year-old girl? The decoy says, I'm hungry. Want to get something to eat, he asks. Yeah, but I don't know what, she says. I see, Such to be me, she says. You're okay. And there's nothing to watch, she says. Ugh, LOL. I was at Supercuts and Brick getting my haircut. Supercuts. Hmm, really? Yeah, I don't have a car, she says. And again, because she's 13, the decoy is going to once again bring the point home that she doesn't drive, she doesn't have a permit, she doesn't have a license, obviously. She's too young. This is another way of giving... The potential predator a way to say this is wrong this is a child and this is inappropriate behavior i'm going to stop now they've got a lot of chances to back out of this she says i shouldn't say hell so much no problem he says my mother would have a heart attack to hear me swear but she'd have a heart attack if she knew i wore makeup at school or that i've had a boyfriend this opens the door. You have a boyfriend or did you have one? he asks. Used to, she says, Okay. Just staring at your pick, he says. Yeah, you like it? Very. Any idea in what you want to get to eat? I'm just gonna play this out about food for a little bit. Then back to the boyfriend. Was your boyfriend nice to you? Yeah, but at the end he was more into his games than anything. Not good, he says. Yeah. I'm more into what the lady wants to do. I like giving flowers. I'm more into what the lady likes to do. This is a child, Michael Murray. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Cute guy in OC 2002. I love tulips, she says. K-tulips it is, he says. Gonna give me flowers, she asks, if you like me to. Can give them to you whenever you want me to. I like to kiss and cuddle also. Here it comes. Me too, says the decoy. But that gets old after a while, you know. Now, the decoys play different sorts of roles, and obviously in this case... The decoy was playing the role of a 13 year old girl who's a little sassy, a little cheeky. But that doesn't mean it's okay for an adult to continue this conversation, to get sexual, to groom, and then make a date to meet, which is exactly what will happen here. And then she says, The decoy does, so I think I'm probably boring you. Never, he says. Again, this is another opportunity to back out. So no friends to hang out with? No, because I just got here, you know. Okay, like the beach? Yep, live right on it, she says. I love it, cool. Love the beach at night, mostly. Hmm, more talk about sports, what she likes to do. Bowling. How long is mom going to be gone? Till Monday, she says. Does she call you every day, he wants to know. Let's talk of travel. Do you have a favorite band or singer? I like Justin, of course. Usher. Sexy back, he says. Cool song. Then he's back to suggesting that he show this little girl of 13 some more pictures. Just want to say I do have a couple more pics, but I am a very nice guy. Hmm, that's odd. Cause the pics are nude pics. Just didn't want to say nothing and have you think of me differently. I'm a very nice person. Okay, if you're so nice, then why are you opening the door to send nude pictures of yourself? To a 13-year-old girl. I know you are, she says. Do you want me to see them? If you'd like to. As if this makes it okay. That would be cool, she says. Would you be interested in seeing them, he asks. Seeing me in the nude. They are pics of my lower half. That's cool, she says. I mean, I'm not into the fakie-fakie stuff, meaning she doesn't want to just engage in some sort of virtual sexual contact. But it would be cool. So she opens the door. Hope you like it, he says. I don't have any pics like that, she says. It's okay, says cute guy in OC 2002. Like the pic? Yeah. And then he sends another. Did I embarrass you? She says, well, I think it's hot. And then he wants to know if she licked her lips. What she's thinking. She says, just smiling because you like me. You probably think I'm a dork. Would never think that. So now he's got the door open. He's got a 13-year-old girl as someone he thinks is a 13-year-old girl. Interested. Just wish I was a lot younger, though, he says. Why? Because you're 13, and I wish I was still in my teens for you. Why? I'd be playing games with you, he said. Beaching at night with you and walking in the park, holding your hand. Well, the age gap's not going to stop him. Now, remember, he said he's 32, but he's really 43. And you're hot, too, he says. I'm just saying in general that you are very hot. Wish I was there with you so we can do something together and not be bored. Do you really, she says? Do you want to in real life? Yes, I do, if you like me to. Now, he's going to put this on her. He's going to... Rationalize this in his mind that this is okay because a 13 year old girl says it's okay because she allowed him to send naked pictures of himself. And he's going to beat around the bush here about watching TV, snuggling. He moves deeper and says, like some kisses all over. He wants to know her precise location. It's close. I can buy McDonald's if you like. What a hot date. They go back and forth a little bit longer. Do you want to have sex with me? She asks. Yes, but I want it to be your decision. Well, duh, she says. I mean, I know you wouldn't force me, but I mean, do you really want to? Like when you bring McDonald's? Yes. Want to talk on the phone? That's cool. So there's a phone conversation in there. Gonna bring McDonald's, she asks, after the phone call? Yes, with lots of kisses. Yay. And condoms? Yes. Cool. Are you leaving now? In five minutes. Okay. What do you want to eat? Um, can I have a McChicken meal? Again. It's a child. You're going over to have sex with somebody who wants a McChicken meal. And condoms. You have drinks at your place? What kind? Any kind again just to drive the point home he says i really like you do you want to have sex with me i mean it could be cool she says i am really interested in you very much michelle and here he comes listen to casey morrow talk about michael murray's arrival hey he had his mcdonald's bag he was all excited came walking in Again, when Michael Murray comes into our Stinghouse carrying his bag of McDonald's, wearing his varsity like jacket, cool early spring night in Manalokan, I'm already talking to Jeremy Keister, luxury auto salesman, who's also come over for a sexual date with a teenage girl. So... While Casey Morrow does a great job leading him in, having an initial conversation, once he walks in, he sees me and Jeremy Keister. I invite him in, and right away, Michael Murray wants to know, what did I do wrong? You can hear him. Hey, why don't you come in over here? We're having a little conversation. Please join us. What did I do wrong? Just come here, we'll chat for a minute. Now, I'm operating without a net at this point. I've had two different predators in the same stinghouse at the same time before in Flagler Beach, Florida. I'll remind you about that in a moment. But that was the only other time. It seemed like both of these men didn't present a violent danger in the moment. Now, you can never be sure, but based upon our background research, based upon the security we had at the house based upon the law enforcement presence we had, we felt pretty comfortable doing this. And it became clear pretty quickly that Michael Murray was more afraid of me than I was of him. Come on in. Come on, Hi. Come on in. I'd like to talk to you, I say. No, I'm leaving. Now, this whole time, Jeremy Keister is sitting on the stool at the bar. Like a statute, Trying to process what the heck is going on. He knows he's in trouble. He knows who I am. He's seen the show. He's toast, right? But now he's got to sit through this other confrontation with Michael Murray. I'd like to talk to you. About what? About a couple things. Now, I'm being deliberately vague with Michael Murray because I'm just trying to get him in to sit down and... You know, have a similar situation as I had with Tennis Boy 213 and Slave to Mistresses in Flagler Beach. I'll remind you again later about that case. I'm leaving. I'm sorry. I didn't know what was going on. I'm leaving. I'm sorry. I didn't know what was going on. When I watched that video, it brings me right back into that moment. I can even smell the bag of McDonald's that he had with him. Permeating throughout that section of the home. Why, why don't you explain that to me? Okay. I say, why don't you explain that to me? He mumbles something to the effect of nothing, and he leaves. Now, he thinks he's gotten away with something now, Michael Murray. He's hot-footing it down the steps, side of the house, actually. And he thinks he's going to jump back into his red pickup truck and get the heck out of there. But oh, no, 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 no. There's some law enforcement waiting for him. Get down! Get down! Get down, down on the ground! Get down, down on the ground! There goes the McDonald's. The McChicken meal. It's all over the ground now. So is Michael Murray, who gets some handcuffs put on him. Law enforcement is trying to keep him quiet because we've got a guy inside. We've got the potential of another guy coming in. As it happens in some of these stings and it happens in the the current ones we do for True Blue, sometimes guys show up at the same time. It happened recently in Polk County, Florida. One guy was being interviewed by detectives, and another guy shows up to meet a child. Now they're going to pick him up off the ground. But now Murray knows he's in trouble. This 43-year-old who worked at a grocery store not far away is now going to break down in tears, crying, sobbing, Oh, you're sorry now, Michael. Get me, get me, get up. Get me. But Murray cannot seem to stop crying. <laughs> Shh. I can't. I gotta get the truck back. One of the detectives tells him to keep quiet. He says, I can't. I've gotta get the truck back. We never really figured out what he meant by get the truck back. We know he drove there in a truck. I don't recall whether he actually owned it or it belonged to somebody else, maybe a parent. Whatever the case, he had to get the truck back. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. So now, we go back inside the house with Jeremy Keister. 29-year-old Keister tells me he's a luxury car salesman. And as I start to read some of his chat log, he suddenly interrupts me. Too bad you're not older. Not legal for being with a guy. Mm -hmm. Now, Keister, if you recall the episode on him, knew who I was. He actually interrupts me when I'm reading some of his chats. Some of the things he said to someone he thought was a teenage girl. Listen to this. You don't have to tell me. I know who you are. You know who I am? Yes. Who am I? You should be Chris Hansen. I am. You should be Chris Hansen. Well, in fact, Jeremy, I am Chris Hansen. I was then I am now. So you've seen the show before? I have seen your show. So even after seeing the show, you still chose to come over here? I did. I mean, I... And what were you expecting here tonight? No, we really just chat and... Did you think at all that maybe you're walking into a catch-a-predator investigation? I was very hesitant on things, yes. Did you bleed? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is your bra size? Mm-hmm. So we're pretty much through with Jeremy Keister by the time that our good friend Michael Murray shows up. Hey, why don't you come in over here? We're having a little conversation. Please join us. What did I do wrong? So imagine what's going through Jeremy Keester's mind after seeing Michael Murray walk in, leave, and then he can't help but hear Michael Murray get arrested. Right? So he knows that's his future. And not only does he know that because he's seen our shows before, he knows that because he listened as Michael Murray left that house with his McDonald's bag and got put on the ground by the detectives and handcuffed. You could hear all this inside the house. So listen to what he says, because if you listen carefully, you're going to hear him say, I know what's in store for me as I leave this house. And in the background, you can hear Murray getting arrested. Get down, get down, get down. Listen. I know it's in the store for me outside that door, correct? Well, that's not up to me. Well, I've seen the show. You, you know, obviously, who I am. I'm uh, Chris Hansen, mm-hmm. Daylight machine. I do. And before he leaves, he has amazingly a little tumor. And he finds one good thing about his predicament, Keister does. It's nice to meet you. Thank you very much. <laughs> he gets up and heads out the door, right into the arms of police. <laughs> well, neither Keister nor Michael Murray was laughing later that evening. Now, as I mentioned at this point, this was the second time that I had interviewed two different predators at the same time in the same investigation. Let's go back and listen to just a clip of Tennis Boy 213 enslaved to mistresses, Saffron Khan and Yaza Asfer in Flagler Beach, Florida. Copy that, stay low. The next guy is right outside the house scoping, color. making the turn. Our decoy invites him inside. Why don't you come in over here and uh, stand right over here at the bar. And here's the thing about Tennis Boy 213 and slave to mistresses. Tennis Boy 213 had seen the show. He understood what was gonna happen to him. The other fellow who actually played basketball for a team in Jordan and was here in the United States as a student didn't have a clue. He just wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be on TV. Sorry. So listen here. At the end of my interaction with them, as tennis boy tells slave to mistresses what they're in for. I've seen this program. Before. You've seen this program. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what you've walked into here. Yeah. You're still trying to figure this out. So I'm going to tell you both what's going on here. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, okay. and we're doing a story on adults who try to meet underage teens online for sex. Yeah, We're both going to get arrested, I think. What? I'm very sorry about this. We're both going to be arrested, I think, he says. Before saying how sorry he is about getting caught. Whenever we have multiple predators show up at the same time in the same investigation, it presents a, a security challenge and we try to take extra precautions. We had a situation recently in Michigan, where a guy was saying he was going to bring two friends to have sex with a teenage girl. In that case, we had decided that law enforcement, the ghost team in this case in Genesee County, would take the men down and we would try to interview them afterwards. As it turned out, none of them showed up in that particular scenario. As for Michael Murray, he pleaded guilty to charges associated with trying to meet a teenage girl for sex, chatting with a child online and sending nude pictures of himself. Mr. Murray, on March 31st of 2007, a girl and Is that right? Yes. And on that particular day, Your intention was to have sexual contact with that person, is that right? Yes. He was sentenced to lifetime probation and registration as a sex offender. And as far as we know, he is still living in New Jersey. In pretty much the same area where he was living when he showed up in our sting operation. I don't know what he does for a living now. And while I did find what I think is a pretty good phone number for him... He has not returned any of my calls. I will keep you posted. More of our story in a moment. As always, I like to hear from you. And this week's question comes from all the way over in Ireland and Cormac. Hi Chris, this is Cormac from the border region of Ireland. I've been listening to your podcast while I have been recovering from a broken leg and I've been really enjoying it so far. I had a quick question. Out of all of your pieces of reporting that you've ever done, what do you think has been your favorite thing to do? I know that the predator catching stuff is your most famous stuff, but if you had to pick anything, can you give a concrete answer on that? Thank you and I'm really enjoying your podcast. Thank you, Cormac. And I hope that broken leg heals up quickly. It's one of my favorite questions, actually, because while I'm very proud of all the work we've done in the Predator Investigations, this podcast included, I've done a lot of other stories in my 40-some years as a reporter. And the one that sticks out the most, and there are a lot of them that I think have been compelling and a lot of them that have changed people's lives or chased down scam artists and returned money to people who have been scammed, freed people from bad situations. One of them is the story we did. We did one version in 2004 and we updated it in 2008 on children as young as six years old being sold as prostitutes, sex slaves in Cambodia. And we worked with a non-government organization, an NGO called the International Justice Mission and other authorities from the United States and in Cambodia to infiltrate and bust this particular house of prostitution employing children about 11 miles outside of Phnom Penh. And we rescued, in that case, 37 children. And four years after that initial story, we went back and talked to four of them. And they weren't really sure exactly what I had to do with it all, but they were relatively happy to see me. I took them to the Dairy Queen at the Phnom Penh Airport before I left, and and it was quite emotional. It was something I'll never forget. They had their hands pressed up against the glass wall, separating the outside of the airport and the inside. And the whole crew was crying, including me. And I went back and I pressed my hands up against the other side of the glass and looked at them. They're young adults now. And I've always wanted to go back and try to track them down. And I think it's about time that I should. So thank you, Cormac, for making me think about that. There's a book there someplace, I think. You can always find me on social media. Add Chris Hansen on Twitter, official Chris Hansen on Instagram. Cameo as the holiday season approaches. TikTok. Have a seat with Chris Hansen. On my streaming crime network True Blue, we have some very exciting new episodes ahead. Takedown with Chris Hansen is our series of predator investigations. We have other documentaries and something very important and compelling that I will announce in the next few weeks. You can always reach me right here at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.